This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about real-world leadership solutions. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. My passion is to help leaders lead more effectively. Welcome to today's show. You're listening to episode number eight. Do what you love and love what you do. Pursuing your passion. What we want to cover in today's show is the passion timeline, as I like to call it. Nothing trumps passion. Passion piranhas that can rob you of your passion. The seven deadly motives for hanging on to a job or a position too long. How to get your groove back if you've lost your passion. How to know when it's time to move on. An exercise to check your passion. And a quote for the show and some suggested books. So so good to have you on the uh, podcast today. Many uh, people, including leaders, get stuck in the job that they don't love. They lack passion. And often that lack of passion can be hidden. It's the great cover-up where we try to pretend our hearts are still in it when they aren't. I certainly experienced this in my own place where I grew to a place where it seems like I was staying for all the wrong reasons and my heart was telling me it was time to move on. You guys know the uh, that company, Life is Good. They got all the great t-shirts and caps and clothing. I'll never forget one day when I was getting ready to go on a walk and I put this baseball cap on and on the inside of the cap are these words. So when you're putting the cap on, this is what it says, do what you like, like what you do. I read those words, they pierced my heart and I said to myself, I am doing neither. It's time for a change. That baseball cap changed my life. You know, I think God spoke to me through that baseball cap. Do what you like, like what you do. So I kind of changed that to do what you love, love what you do. And that's what this show is all about today. Let me begin by talking about the passion pipeline or the passion continuum. You see, I find that leaders start with a lot of passion. And, and when when people are appointed to positions of leadership, they're hired, they're appointed, they started a new role, you know, you've just started that new job, everybody's rooting for you, the people that hired you think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, the board's behind you, the people are behind you, and everybody wants you to succeed. That's the beginning. Well, as the years go on, it's hard to finish as strong as you start. And what happens through the years is you can lose your passion you can lose your heart, you can get burned out, and you stay for all the wrong reasons. It's so easy to start well and so hard to finish well. So we have to keep a pulse on our passion and our motives and our heart. Now, I know some great examples of people that are older. This is not so much an age issue. No matter how old you are, you can get to a place where you no longer love what you do, and then you need to flip over and do something you love. Now, it's hard to make that flip, or as I like to say, go off the deep end of the diving board and jump out and really do what you love. But 
it makes the most sense. A couple of people that I, I know personally that uh, are still in their late 70s doing what they love. They have not run out of passion. They are leading their organizations and their ministries with great effectiveness. One is Chuck Swindoll. All of you guys know Insight for Living in the many books he's uh, read. And I happen to know he still loves studying and he loves preaching and he loves teaching and he loves doing radio. Lauren Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission. He and his wife just, uh, he's in his upper 70s. He founded that ministry over 50 years ago. I heard him speak just a couple of years ago at the uh, University of the Nations in Kona, and I just thought, man, this guy has not lost an ounce of passion. And that's why over 50,000 young people and people of all ages on planet Earth are part of YWAM because of his passion. His passion has not waned. Another great example of that would have been Bill Bright. I was thinking of a great female example, and I was thinking about Mother Teresa, who I met when she was later in her life in uh, Calcutta, India, and she never lost her passion and heart for the poor. You don't have to lose it, but I find that a lot of times uh, because of circumstances, we do lose the passion. By the way, uh, just a little commercial break. If you love the show, I hope you would go to leadershipanswerman.com slash love it and tweet about the show. I'm really trying to build my audience. Uh, also, if you could give me a great review in iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you have some questions uh, about leadership that I could answer for you just personally or on the show, suggestion for a future topic, I would really appreciate it if you'd go to leadershipanswerman.com and contact me and let me know what your questions are, what your comments are, how you're using the information from this podcast. So that was the passion continuum or the passion pipeline. Nothing trumps passion. People follow passion. I've observed that if you light yourself on fire, people come to watch you burn. Stephen Jobs is a great example of that. It doesn't matter whether you're an Apple person or a PC person. You have to admire the passion of Steve Jobs. He changed five massive industries, including music, personal computers, phones, animation, and mobile computing. Stephen Jobs was notoriously tough to work with, but he had a passion for elegant devices that have covered the globe. Not long ago, my wife Donna and I were in China, and we were stunned in Shanghai, in Beijing, and some of the other big cities of China. We saw the biggest Apple stores we'd ever seen on planet Earth. Seems like every person we saw in China was carrying an iPhone and an iPad. Well, back in the early days of Apple, uh, Stephen Jobs not only inspired products that were different, but he took a very different path to pursue selling his very unique uh, computers. He wasn't in, uh, he didn't have a passion for pushing computers. He had a passion to change the world. And he created a very famous ad campaign called Here's to the Crazy Ones. Here's just a little bit of that ad from 1997. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. 
They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think you can change the world are the ones who do. My observation is it is passion that changes the world. And I hope you are fulfilling your passion. You know, you may not be at the top. You're you're probably in the middle of your career. You still have a long way to go. But I would just urge you to uh, watch your heart, watch your motives, and watch your passion. Let's move to the third topic of the show today, and that is what I call passion piranhas, like those deadly fish that can just eat all the passion right out of your heart. Leadership can wear you out. I hate to strip away the varnish on this and speak the truth, but it's tough being the tip of the spear. When you're the leader, there is a lot of things blowing against you and working against you. Leaders make things happen. People try to stop us. We act and people have to react to our action. The higher you go in leadership, the more eyes that are on you, the more people that are there to drain you. There are so many things that can eat away at your passion. It says in the book of Proverbs in verse uh, chapter 4 of 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from that. If we lose our heart, we lose our leadership credibility. Here are some of the big passion piranhas that I've experienced or seen in fellow leaders that have robbed them of their passion. And here's just the list. And at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you to go through this list and see how many of these things are actually characteristic of you right now. Please go to my uh, podcast notes at leadershipanswerman.com, episode number eight, to see this list. Here's the list. Passion piranhas, prolonged discouragement, opposition to your vision, workaholism, lack of real vacations, working way outside of your gifting, unrealistic expectation of others, unrealistic expectations of yourself, unending marriage problems in the leader's marriage, constant financial pressure, a pattern of failed leadership, dysfunctional people, unhealthy leadership team, lack of a leadership team to share the load, constant unresolved staff conflict, lack of respect for your leaders above you, hidden moral failure, and for those of you in ministry, a neglect of your relationship with God. I put that last on the list, but if you're in uh, ministry, you may want to put that first on your list, your relationship with God. All these things rob you of your passion. Now, say your passion is gone. You have no passion, but you stay in your position. There's really two options that I'm going to touch on in just a moment. Option one is get your groove back. Option two is go do something else. But before I get to that, I wanted to cover what I call the seven deadly motives for staying in a position when your passion is gone. Seven deadly motives, power, prestige, position, popularity, pride, personal gain, or a paycheck. These are what I call the seven deadly motives, and I have seen leaders stay in positions long after their effectiveness is over. You know, leaders do more damage by staying too long than by leaving too soon. 
And uh, these are the wrong motives to hang on. If it's all about power, if it's all about the prestige of the position or just the position itself, it makes you feel so good about yourself. And men especially are hung up on our identity is wrapped up in our position. And one reason we don't want to let go of that position, it's because who it is who we are. Popularity. You may have had a lot of popularity in the past and a lot of success. Pride, just don't want to admit it's time to go. It's hard to admit that our hearts are worn out. It's hard to admit that we're burned out. It's hard to admit the hardest thing I ever did in my career was admit to my colleagues and to my board that I no longer had a passion and a heart to do what I was doing. I did for a long time. It's, again, so easy to start well and so hard to finish well. It's so hard to launch but it's very difficult to land at the end of a a leadership assignment. And oftentimes you just get wrapped up in pride. Personal gain and a paycheck. These are all the wrong motives. Well, say, for example, you're in a situation where you're really struggling with your passion factor, your motives for staying, your heart. You know, you, you've done a lot of great things. You've seen a lot of great accomplishments. But now you're like wow, what do I do? Uh, Two options, get your groove back or know when it's time to leave. First of all, let me talk about how to get your groove back. Where do I find passion if I don't have it? How do I get my groove back? And I believe it's totally possible to do this. There are lots of ways you can get that passion back. Let me give you some great advice. Number one, get around people who are passionate. Passion is contagious. It is caught, not taught. And you may just need to get around some people who have passion and really talk to them about how you can get your passion back. Number two, ask your board or your boss to reconfigure your job responsibilities. Maybe with some reconfiguring, maybe there is something within your ministry, your organization, where you work. You know, you're seeing somebody else doing something that you would love to do. Maybe you could reconfigure your job responsibilities and move toward your heart, toward your passion, toward your gifting. Number three, have a gut check about what you're pursuing and what you really love. Are you doing what you love? Or is it time to maybe think about doing something else? Number four, Get some counseling or therapy. You know, I think everybody could stand to use a little therapy and a little counseling. I know in my own career, there were several times where I went to a counselor just to talk about what I was going through and the pressure of my career. It was so helpful. Number five, go for advanced training in your field. Get an advanced degree. Maybe you want to get a master's degree, a doctorate, or just some non-formal training to help you get your groove back. Number six, go back to school on the side for advanced degree. Number seven, take a sabbatical to rediscover your heart. I totally believe in sabbaticals. Sometimes it's the best thing you can do. Just ask for three months where you could have a sabbatical to recharge your batteries. Number eight, ask God to revive your heart. Spend more time with him. Number nine, hire consultants to help you with your staff problems. I've done this I really believe in good uh, consultants. And let me just give you number 10 here right on the top of that, and that is hire consultants to help you turn around your failure. Maybe the reason you've lost your heart and your passion is because you're failing and your organization, your ministry, your company's failing. Hire some great consultants to help you 
turn things around and to get your success back. Number 11, feed your heart with good books and seminars. You know, sometimes that's the best thing you can do. I've gone to some great seminars, uh, leadership seminars, seminars that interest me, whether, you know, I've gone to a lot of uh, seminars and, and workshops on how to be a better speaker or or how to be a better leader. I love consuming books. You know, leaders are readers and readers are leaders, and that can help us get our groove back and get our passion back. Uh, number 12, get back out on the front lines from time to time. You know, one thing that really robs us of our passion is no longer being on the front line. The very thing that that you love that got you into what you do, sometimes the higher you go in leadership, the more you become disconnected with the front line whether it's the people you're ministering to or the customers that your company is trying to reach or the the people that your volunteer organization is trying to touch the very front lines and you need to get back out to the front lines and be reminded. It's a lot like a, a pilot. My niece is a, a commercial airline pilot and she loves to fly airplanes. She went to uh, a great school and learned how to fly and then she, she flew commercially for several airlines and, you know, she just loves to fly. But now she's working for the FAA. She's gone up in leadership to the point where she doesn't fly that much anymore. When I talk to her, the one thing she says, man, I really miss being in the cockpit and flying. Get back out in that cockpit. Get back out to those front lines from time to time and remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. And then finally, number 13, a seek personal renewal in your relationship with God. Well, those are ways to get your groove back. I think you can. I think it's very important that you get that passion back if in some ways you've lost the passion or the first love of, of your career. Now, the flip side, sometimes you cannot get that groove back. Sometimes you can't get that passion back. So here's some tips on how to know if it's time to leave. And again, all these are listed on the uh, podcast notes at leadershipanswerman.com, episode number eight. How to know when it's time to leave. Here's my grocery list. Number, uh, I'm not going to number them. I'm just going to tick them off. Your job is important, but it bores you. You know, there are people that have very important jobs, but they've they've come to the place where it just bores them. It doesn't matter how important it is if it bores you. Your job is strategic, but you no longer have the heart for it. It's kind of the same thing. A little different. You just don't have the heart for it, as strategic and important as it is. 75% of your work is outside of your sweet spot. You know, I think all of us have to do things that we don't like in our jobs. I think it is totally... um, a pipe dream to think that there's some kind of nirvana where your job is just a complete convergence of who you are, that everything you do at your job is just totally in line with your gifts and what you love doing. Now, that, I just don't think that exists. Everybody has pieces of their job that are not fun that we have to do. But if you've moved way beyond half and 75% of your work is outside of your sweet spot, you probably ought to move on or dramatically reconfigure your job. Next item, everything on the edges of your job is what pulls your heart. That's what happened to me. The things that I love doing most were around the edges. They weren't the core. The juice is no longer worth the squeeze. You're just worn out. 
Here's another one. You've lost faith in those above you in leadership. Boy, that will rob you of your passion quicker than anything. You've lost faith in those people above you, whether it's your boss or your boss's boss or the company. I have a dear close friend whose company was just purchased by another company. And I was amazed how it sucked all the life out of that uh, leadership team that he was on. Everybody came to a screeching halt because they did not respect the people that bought the company. And in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, he was uh, let go along with everybody else. But in that period in between, when people lost faith in the leadership above them, whether it's the board or the boss or the boss's boss, you know, if you can't get that faith back, you need to move on. Your team has lost faith in your leadership. If your team has lost faith in your leadership, it's very, very difficult to try to get that back. Rarely can you rebuild trust once trust is broken. It just doesn't happen. Another reason why it might be time to leave is better opportunities are pulling you or drawing you, and you need to step out and pursue those opportunities. You've lost your calling for the position that you're in. It doesn't mean you didn't have the calling at one point, but sometimes we just lose that calling through the journey, through the years. God clearly leads you to move on. And finally, your heart has left the building. If your heart has left the building, you got to move on. Well, those are some of the reasons to know it's time to move on. Let me give you what I call a passion exercise to kind of do a check of your own heart. I want you to go to my website, leadershipanswerman.com, episode number eight, and look at these two lists. First of all, the list of the passion piranhas and and just check off how many of these things am I experiencing right now? Am I experiencing a lot of these things? If you're experiencing more than three or some of them are huge, they're not all equally weighted, but go through there and just kind of do a check a check off of uh, maybe these are why I've lost my passion and I need to fix these things. I'm not advocating you got to leave, but I'm saying if you're being robbed by all these things, you've got to fix them. The second exercise is to go through the um, uh, how to know if it's time to leave. And maybe you've been wrestling with that and go through my checklist there and kind of see, well, is there something there that really touches your your heart, where you say, oh, yeah, man, I can really, really relate to that. So uh, check your motives for staying at your position, at your job. Look at the list of reasons to leave. How many of them can you relate to? And finally, the fourth piece of the exercise, if you're determined to stay, if you're determined to get your groove back, go through that list and ask yourself, what can I do on this list can I really deliberately do? Just pick two or three of the good ones there and say the ones that you can really relate to. Maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's going to some seminars. Maybe it's a sabbatical, some time off. It might be reconfiguring your job. But go through there and say, what could I do to help get my groove back? And would you do me a favor? I would love it if you would write me and let me know some of the applications that you have applied to your life. If this describes you in any way, I would encourage you to follow your heart. You can always trust your heart. People really do love following people whose hearts are filled with passion about the work that they do. Do what you love, love what you do. 
You know, it was exactly two years ago when I put that cap on my head and I experienced the calling of the cap. I told my board it was time for me to move on for a lot of complicated reasons. It wasn't simple, but more than anything else, I stepped out by faith to pursue my passion and my calling of helping leaders lead. And now I absolutely love what I'm doing and I'm doing what I love. And I, and I just cherish that for you. In the words of Stephen Jobs, don't settle. Don't settle for less than doing what you love. I'd like to recommend uh, two books for you uh, along the lines of this show. One is Dan Miller's 48 Days to the Job You Love. I hope to get Dan on a future show and actually interview him about this book, but it's 48 Days to the Job You Love. The other book that I read recently is by Gary Vaynerchuk, and it's called Crush It. It also is about following your passion. Let me leave you with a couple of quotes for the show. Howard Hendricks. Howard Hendricks was my mentor when I went to Dallas Seminary. What a great guy. He recently passed away. He was just a champion of a leader. He trained so many leaders that have just scattered all over the world and they're doing amazing stuff. Here's what he said. Your career is what you're paid to do. Your calling is what you're made to do. He also said, my fear is not that you will fail, but that you will succeed in doing the wrong thing. Finally, a couple of Stephen Jobs quotes I want to leave you with. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. The only way to be truly satisfied is to do the work you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. And finally, Stephen Jobs said this, and the most important thing, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Thanks so much for being part of the show today. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. Please send me your leadership questions that I can answer on a future podcast. And I would love to have you sign up for my email updates at leadershipanswerman.com. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. Keep listening and learning and go out there and make a difference with your leadership.